what would you like to do? I don't know. We don't have an intro. Welcome back to the Glacier Gamble Podcast, episode 41. 4-1, yeah, 4-1. Four four one. One. <laughs> uh, welcome. What is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. This is the Glacier Gamble Podcast with Joe Rival and Michael Glazier, episode 41. Fun fact, that was my number in football. Because I, I, I played so many different positions. In ninth grade, that was my number. Uh, that was my basketball number. It was 41 because I couldn't get 32. Uh, so I did 41. So. I believe bas- 41 was my basketball number in sophomore year because it was my football yeah. number. Yeah, I think I took it in. Well, someone took 32. It's probably ace or something. It was, it, I don't know. I, I joined that with like four games left in the season, ninth grade, because yeah. my appendix. But yeah. Um, but yeah, 41 was my football number. It was my dad's football number. He played corner. I played basically every position you can think of except quarterback. The, Everything but quarterback. The, I played offensive guard. I played running back, wide receiver, kick what returner, was the one, punter, kicker, corner, What do you, what do you call the kick returner? Like, what do you call Like, it's not a kick returner, but like it's Like, you, you have two like kickoffs. You, retreat, you return the kickoff. You, like, you return the – you retreat, retrieve the ball. Like, you return it. Yeah. And then you run, like, horizontally. You run, like, 25 to yards to the side so that the uh, the kicking team has time to get to you, and then you hand yeah. it off to the other returner. Yeah. What is that position called? I don't know. I played that one for one season, too. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was the dumbest thing. And they always did that. And I was like – and then the one time they had me return the ball, the dude yeah, tackled me. Yeah, you knocked me. it. You ended someone's career. I ended somebody's football career because he tackled yeah. me, and I gave him his, like, eighth concussion because yeah. he hit me in the shoulder. And I – he, he led with his helmet, head. Yeah. I lowered my shoulder, and the dude was unconscious on the field for like 15 yeah. minutes. You had, to, you had to hit his helmet with your helmet, though. You yeah. cracked him. Yeah, he went like this. So he tackled me like this, and I saw him come. So I went like that. Yeah, and his helmet hit right here. Yeah, it was like, like it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, he hit my. I basically had my shoulder pads at like a 90 degree angle yeah. at his helmet. Yeah, that was his neck. I'm pretty sure it was the snap. I yeah. heard. Yeah, he was on. He was unconscious on. Yeah, the he field. was like. Yeah. 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 Not proud of that, but I mean, they teach you tackling form for a reason. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, why. I mean, you're you like you're a very compact person. Like, I am. Yep. And so you've got so much force or the torque in this little like speedball. Yeah. And, I also uh, ran a 44140. Yeah. So I was I it was basically a 441 running at him. It's like 200 pound 44 running at him yeah i'm i'm very aware of you running at people and like running them over just like you did in that uh travel basketball game oh uh, where- when it wasn't a charge <laughs> called the charge on me to lose the game i made the uh, you made a layup too yeah. i did yep I, and that free throw would have put us up by uh two yeah you were at a solid like 28 points yep. yep probably the best game of my basketball career way to end it yeah. uh, put a stamp on that game Sorry, that ref, that ref yeah. had made multiple comments to me before too. I hate I hate when refs have a vendetta against players. Yeah. Calm down. Calm down. He kept telling me to calm down like I was pl- like I was playing aggressively. Uh, calm down. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, we have some good stuff for you today. We have uh, Anthony at one quick basketball topic, which is the Timberwolves, because that's really all I care about to talk about this week near the playoffs. Once the playoffs start, we can talk about other teams, but I really I could care less. Right. Couldn't care less. Um, and then we have football topics. We have the Washington Commanders continuing their downward spiral. Uh, Vikings talk with some of their signings. And then NFL is changing their playoff overtime rules. And that'll be it for us. So let's jump into the the basketball, the, the Timberwolves topic. Uh, Anthony Edwards passed Kobe Bryant to be the most sixth. He's now the fifth or sixth most point scored pre-age 21. Right. So yeah, passed up Kobe Bryant for that. But while that is an amazing feat, and while he will continue to post good scoring records and that sort of thing, we were worried about this potential thing happening with the Timberwolves, and it's happening. They are on a skid to yeah, end the season. The, the pos- yeah, to skid to end the season. However, there's... Even if they lose out, they can't get eighth because the Clippers are so far back. Like they're yeah. we have five games left, but the Clippers are six games back, and we don't play the Clippers. Right, so, like the fourth through seventh seed are all within. Yeah, three they games. just changed. Like the Mavs went from six to third in like two days. Yeah. Like, so um, yeah, I mean the, the Nuggets they, lost like one game and they dropped down two yeah. places or something like that. Yeah. So so that that. Three to six is all three to seven is all in the same like range. That's like, why these games were all so huge. Right. Uh, the one thing that I saw, I tweeted about this because for those who aren't from Minnesota that are listening, Minnesota fans, I think, hate their teams more than the like opposed like Vikings That's, fans uh, hate the Vikings more than the Packers. Yeah. And Timberwolves sure. fans are like they've never been good. We used to Joe had season tickets for a while. We used to go to those games and They'd be half empty, half full, whatever yeah. you want. However, at, at that time, they would have called it half empty. It was just, I mean, you could sneak down. We talked about it last week. You could sneak down into the lower levels, and right. they wouldn't even check your tickets because they're like, oh, you're not a lower-level ticket holder, but who cares because right. nobody's right. here. I don't know why Minnesota fans are that way. It's like they root for their teams to lose. And then and right they complain now, about it when they, when they do. Right, and then they get mad when they lose. Right. This is why you have to have a backup team in Minnesota. Sure. Like, okay, that's whatever. I'm right. still going to root for the Wolves and the Vikings. But, right. but so Paul George is back. Right. And right now. Great, great game. Great. Really, yeah. You gave him great job. So welcome back. Oh, yeah, you, like we, we were pooping on Paul George a couple of seasons ago, playoff peak. Yeah. And then once Kawhi went down last year, he hadn't had to carry the team and he played very well. He so, looked like Pacers, Paul George. Yeah, it's good to see. You know, he's, he's obviously a very recognizable name and, and I root for good basketball so absolutely but I mentioned Paul George coming back because right now the Wolves would be playing the Clippers they if uh, they get eight from the clip they get seventh yeah, right. and the Clippers would be eight so the first game of the plan would be Wolves versus Clippers with Paul George coming back with Paul George back now I believe Kawhi is still going to be out yeah that, um, yeah that sounds right but it's a red hot Clippers if they were to lose that game then they play either right the here. Lakers, the no, Spurs. They're out right now. Right, yeah, it's because yeah. they had a tie. Well, as of two yeah, days ago. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's you're right. Pels and Spurs. Yeah, Pels. it was Pelicans, Spurs, and Lakers are the are yeah. the three. And I, this is what my tweet said: is they're gonna the Timberwolves fans are hope are gonna be looking for a loss to the Clippers, and then a loss to an, a, a team that doesn't want to lose for Popovich and a team and a angry LeBron. Right. Like they, it's one of those. And so um, the Wolves, yes, they have a potential 
like rough playoff play-in if because sure. there is a potential they go up against a hot clippers team and then have to go up against lebron in a one and done right or greg popovich in a one and done right um, well, the I'm not, looks like the pels are they're two games up i'm really not worried about the pelicans and I'm I, I'm, I'm not worried about the Spurs. Sure. And we destroyed the Lakers. I'm not really that worried. I am worried about the Clippers. They're yeah. playing really well. However, I mean, these are the types of teams you got to beat in order to go deep in sure. the playoffs. Yeah. And if they get the eighth seed, they have to be able to face the Suns. If they get the yeah. seventh seed, what, they have to play the Grizzlies? Oh, uh, does the Suns get a bye? We're gonna buy, right? Well, with the play-in, and then there is no buy. It's there one no versus buy. eight, is two it? versus seven, three I'd versus buy, six, yeah. four versus five. So two versus seven, if we're seven, right? Would be the Grizzlies. Seven. The Grizzlies, and we play the the Grizzlies. That would probably be the best series of yep. the first. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, we play the Grizzlies tough. They play us tough. We also play the Mavs tough, and the Mavs play us tough. So those would just be that'd just be good good basketball yeah um, so i really yeah. hope they get the seventh seed they've been playing very poorly these past couple games yeah yeah uh i think they it just like i mentioned I mean, this before. We got injuries to two very significant people too so, right um jade mcdaniels and malik beasley so you got probably your second best versatile defender or probably even like first best versatile defender probably second behind vando because vando can do crazy things and then yeah. you got your best like You've had a Malik Beasley who's been crazy hot too. So there's a moment where after the All Star break, Malik Beasley was shooting what eighty percent from three, seventy percent, fifty eight, fifty eight percent, or something Just like that, fifty eight point three percent. Yeah. So yeah, basically your best three point shooter as of late, and yeah. your best or second best defender, um, which is rough. But I, I really think I, what I said after the Suns game is kind of true. They are a good team. You know they're a good team because they destroy terrible teams right but they're not quite where you want them to be because when they go up against the really good teams they seem to have something lacking which is yeah. and i'm pretty sure when we went up against the suns earlier in the year we lost by like three so yep. like yep. we can we can stay competitive in the game but there's just some times where they just let it get away and it's hard mm -hmm. for them to come back so and i think that comes down to either inconsistent shooting or poor defense because yeah. the Timberwolves when there was a there was like a 15 game stretch where the Wolves were number one in offense yeah yeah, yeah we were number one in offense and and like top five and we were number one in defense at one point too yeah but during but like, at the end of that like 15 game stretch where they were number one they were 29th in defense yeah at the so, end of the stretch yeah there's three teams like overall the whole season there's been three teams that are um top 10 in offense and defense like overall rating for the whole season and we're one of the three teams so it's um we've been first in defense but we've also been 29th um and it's averaged out to be to be like um uh, we're like 10th in defense and eighth in offense so I'm just uh, hoping that what, no matter how the playoffs go, whether they win at all, whether they get knocked out in the play-in, I just think that they are one, like try to bring back every person you possibly can. You got Peppa, you got D'Lo, you got, you got a lot of the main guys coming back. I think the one thing is hopefully this winning can bring in one big defender. Cause like there was a time where at this, we could have gotten Willie Cauley Stein at one point 
Like right. it doesn't seem like a big name, but a guy like Willie Cauley Stein, a veteran big that is willing to play defense. Greg Monroe did really well when he was with us. Like yeah, I, I genuinely think just one backup big is the difference of the Timberwolves being losing close games to winning close games against yeah, the I think teams. It's the thing that's like our backup big can do can do well, right? Like if you think Nas Reed, like he's definitely um, better on the offensive side of the Absolutely. ball. Like he can put up a ton of points really quick. Um, but he's also a liability when he's not putting up points really quick. Yep. Um, just so like Gorgie. Someone... Like all just like Gorgie. Yeah. Yeah. Like Gorgie Gorgie did pretty like was a better like paint defender than Cat. He just timing timing wise. He wasn't more athletic, but just timing wise also. So whereas like Greg Monroe out there, like he he understood the offense just like that. He knew that he didn't have to score. He's big, like he's six eleven and like thick. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he played in an offense in college and throughout his whole career where he had to be able to pass the ball well. And he and like that with the the you know the the shooters we have, like yeah, I thought Yeah, I don't think the Wolves need a big name. I think they need a guy like Monroe. They need a yeah. guy like Willie Cauley Stein. A guy like <laughs> Steven Adams. Like Steven Adams. Like I think Steven Adams is a big name. But yeah, I do too. Yeah, but um they don't I don't think they need I don't think they are a starter away, they're depth away. Yeah. They're that's how you know they're a good team because they destroy the the bad teams because they have a good starting five, but right. they lose to these really good teams, the elite teams, because their bench can outscore. I mean, what was Derek White was a handful for us. Patty Mills was a handful for us. Like guys that are either coming off the bench or the fifth man that right. is staying in when the bench comes in. Right. Like those are the guys that keeps destro- keep destroying us. And it's like, well. Just get some more depth. Yeah, it's those guys that um, it's those guys that are our shooters and like our street shooters. Mm-hmm. Like that's what tough. Like Gary Trent Jr. is one of those guys. Like Gary Trent Jr. can put up points like that, but he's also he's also on a Toronto team that we've match up with pretty well. We just for some reason can't beat Toronto. I I think if if you were to ask me, I think the Wolves are going to end up as the eighth seed after the plan. I hope they end up as seventh, but I think after the play-in, they'll end up as the eighth seed. They might go into the play-in as the seventh, but I want to see them. I just want to see them get into a seven-game series. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter for the eighth seed or the number one seed. It, uh, I just want to see us getting a getting a seven-game series, and that gives you time to like adapt and change. And we're gonna see what Finch can do in a you know, playoff scenario. Let's see what the guys can do. So, yeah. And I think there's some uh, good assistant coaches that can move in on ne- next year that may, maybe if you get into a seven game series, you can see where your weakness is on the coaching staff as well. Sure. And there's some good assistant coaches out there next year. There's guys that are going to be available. So sure. let's go for it. But um, I'm going to be rooting for the Wolves, unlike a lot of the Timberwolves fans and Minnesota fans. Like we started this segment, unlike a lot of Minnesota fans, we'll be rooting for them and we'll be hoping the Wolves actually win. I'm nervous about the Clippers game, but I think we can beat them. And I mentioned it earlier in the year. There's not a single team in the Western Conference I think is a guarantee. Suns could get upset by whoever ends up as the eight. Yeah. I think uh, Grizzlies could get upset by anyone in the seventh. I, I, mean, yeah. I genuinely don't think that there's any lock in the West. Yeah, the only, like, looking at Minnesota here, looking at Minnesota and looking at the standings, I think we would lose to the Suns in the seven-game series, but I think we could 
beat the Grizzlies, beat the Mavs, beat the Warriors, beat the Jazz, beat the Nuggets. I think we can beat all those. Like, we could beat all those teams in a second. I think game. we could beat the Suns, too. I just think they're the least likely team we would beat. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. they, they, they have depth. They have veteran leadership. They have hot yeah. scoring. They have versatility in scoring from one to five. Yeah. Um, they're just a hard team to match up with. But... I also don't see, I don't think the Suns are a lock. I don't see a single, I don't see the Suns going 16 and 0. Right. So, yeah. any, any of these teams are beatable. Sure. But yeah, congratulations, Ant. And I'm excited to watch Playoff Wolves. Yeah. It's been a while. Okay. Now, let's go football talk. First thing, though, Washington Commanders. We've talked about the issues, the, the terribleness that is Dan Snyder, the fact that. He's 100% getting helped with hiding probably racist remarks, sexist remarks. There's yeah. been things that are coming out. Um, yeah. He acts like he controls everything because he's the owner and that he's allowed to do whatever he wants, including not fix a stadium that had sewage falling from the ceiling. Yeah. And uh, guardrails break. Guardrails breaking, uh, so fans fall on the players. Incredibly bad injuries um, yep. because of their their turf or lack of turf. Or... But then, and it came out that so everybody hated the name Washington Commanders. The players didn't want it. Apparently, at the NFL Combine, all the scouts talking to each other, all the people, all the within team personnel talking to each other talked about how stupid the name commanders is so everybody in the nfl thinks it's a terrible name and apparently dan snyder knew it was going to be the commanders over two years ago and we had talked about that that dan snyder had made his decision like before they had announced that they had made a decision we had talked about that dan snyder had made a decision on it and wasn't telling anybody and that oh it's down to these few names and that guy purchased the rights to the names but dan snyder didn't really care because he had already decided commanders at that point right. we had talked about all that and just the way he's running this team well turns out he's also been keeping multiple financial books and providing different ones to different people to portray the team in a different light financially, depending on what benefits him more. So when the team's under investigation for like this whole scandal, he gives them the lesser, the numbers that make them look like they're running a proper business, but that it's not really bringing in too much money. But then it sounds like he's also providing that book when he's might, he might be providing that book when doing his end of year taxes. Um, So the rumor is that the next team after the Broncos to be for sale will most likely be the Washington Commanders. My number one hope, if this happens, is the new owner changes the team's name. Yeah. Yeah. I would love if the new owner came into the Washington Commanders. New stadium. New field. You might not be able to get a new stadium because the city has to approve it, but you can definitely pay for a new field. Right. And you can get the sewer leaks and the guardrail, you can replace right. a lot. It doesn't have, if you can't yeah. afford the new stadium, but if you can get a new stadium, new stadium right. and new name and get remove anything that has an attachment to Dan Snyder, any Absolutely. person that was brought in, any employee that was brought in through Dan Snyder directly right. gone. And right. that's what I, I, I think the team will be sold. If this is the case, I mean, that's, potential tax yeah, fraud insurance fraud like the, i can see something like what the wolves are doing whereas like we have glenn taylor in place for two years 
We have Glenn Taylor in place for two years. Um, nobody likes Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor is not a good owner, but he's kind of, he's staying in position and teaching who's going to replace him, Mark Lori and uh, Alex Rodriguez, and teaching them what to do. Um, and then I'm sure that Mark Lori and Alex Rodriguez will just be like, all right, so this is what not to do. I, I, I could see something like that um, with some of the higher place people. Um, just like kind of like what Microsoft is doing too, where they're keeping the Activision people until they can replace them. Well, on that, uh, the thing with Microsoft that uh, that hasn't gone hasn't gone through, right? Because there are some political officials trying to stop the purchase. Yeah. Which interesting that politicians are getting involved, but yeah. yeah, apparently some politicians are trying to stop Microsoft from the purchase. There's probably some uh, information that doesn't want they don't want to get out. That's with always the higher up Activision employees and them. So, mm -hmm. especially with what was going on with Activision, yep. the history of politicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is interesting because one of those is Bernie Sanders, which is I think that's very interesting. But anyway, yeah. So Washington Commanders, Dan Snyder, scumbag. What else is new? Uh, next thing, let's go into uh, the NFL overtime rules. So after the playoffs, the Bills-Chiefs game, everybody said the NFL overtime is just a coin flip at this point. That's all it is. It's a coin flip. Whoever wins it wins, which was yeah. not the case statistically. I mean, stats brought backed it up. That was not the case. In the regular season, it was less than 55% of the time. Yeah. It was something like yeah, 52. It was, very close. it was like 76 68 and 10 or something like that or 78 for the team that won the coin toss yeah yeah so it it just showed yes they they were more likely but it the numbers were right where you when where you want them statistically yeah. you wanna, like if yeah. you're setting the rules 50 to 60 percent is a good number right. your ideal number would be 50 on the dot right yeah i thought it was fine i didn't think the overtime rules yeah. needed to change but uh, they're changing the overtime rules. So both teams in the playoffs, not the regular season, but the playoffs, uh, both teams will be able to get possession of the ball. Yeah, do you see the, the, uh, the percentage for the playoff teams, though? No. The 10 and 2. Yeah, yep. So it was because the teams are all elite teams, they always yeah. scored, basically. Yeah. So they knew they had to change it for the playoffs, and that's why they're only changing it for the playoffs, not the regular season. But in the playoffs, both teams can guarantee get the ball now. Uh, if the opening drive is a safety, the game's over. Right. If it's a touchdown, the other team still gets the ball. If it's another touchdown, after that, it's first team to score wins. Yeah. So basically, if both teams score, it's the same as normal. So I think that's kind of interesting to me because, like, yeah. that's it's the same. It's the same thing. Like, if yeah. people think both teams need a chance to get the ball, and both teams end up scoring a touchdown, it's the overall time yeah, let's go back to the, the big now. controversy which was chiefs and bills yep um that says like oh yeah patrick mahomes went right down the field and scored a touchdown and josh allen could have answered and probably would have answered with his own um, touchdown right with his own touchdown but then you're you're just like all right we just got to get to the 40 yard line for harrison butker to hit a 57 yard yep. field goal. and so, now the chiefs don't even need a touchdown now the chiefs just need a field goal at that point yeah yeah and you've so, got a top three kicker in the league, so. So I still feel the same way about overtime. I still don't think they, the the changes that they made in the playoffs, I don't think make that big of a difference. 
I think but, it's it's basically the same thing. If all these teams are that elite where they're always going to score on their first possession in overtime, after both teams score, it's actually even more likely that the team who wins the play the coin flip, in my opinion, is going to win right. it. If that's the true case, yeah. only time will tell. Only numbers will tell. But I feel like I'd rather just do like a. I feel like I'd rather just have a, like a lot of people are, are saying that they would rather just do like a time limit again. Right. So well, like, but that's the number one thing the NFL does not want is a, basically a whole nother quarter. Yeah. Even if it was five minutes, because then you have a team that runs the ball. You, they, they're just yeah. going to run the clock Another out. alternative I saw was that, like, say Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown in 36 seconds, then the opposing team would have that same amount of time to score a touchdown. So whoever, however much time was left on the clock when the last team scored. So, so yeah. if the last team scored on a Hail Mary to send it to overtime, no, the other no, team no. in overtime would get one second? No. So, like, say the, the Chiefs get the ball right away. Yeah. They go they go four plays, a minute and 26 seconds, and a touchdown. Okay? So that means the Bills would then get a minute and 26 seconds to try to score a touchdown to match sure. them. And so, yeah. Well, I guess they, they would do that. But then I don't know what happens if, if the Bills do score in the minute and 26 seconds. Do they then win? I don't know. I uh, think at that point, then you would have to go first team to score wins at again. Because yeah. the NFL wants short overtimes. The NFL doesn't want long overtimes because the longer the overtime, the increased chance of injury. And that's the yeah. last, the NFL's least thing they want is injuries. So right. the NFL is open about, the last thing they want is long overtimes. So sure. that would be fine. But what happens if one team takes six minutes to score, then the other team gets another six minutes. You basically just did another quarter. Right. I am all for four. Each team gets four downs from the certain, like a certain yard line. And it has to be a touchdown. So each of you gets four downs from the 35 each of you gets four downs from the 50, something like that. You, there is no such thing as a first down. You have to score. And then at that, after that, I'm fine with that. Um, I also really like the the person, the, they flip the coin, and whoever wins it picks the yard line, and the other team decides whether they want to do offense or defense. So Bills Chiefs do that in theory again. The Bills win the playoffs. The, the Bills win the coin flip. Yeah. And they choose the 20 yard line. So the Chiefs say, okay, we want the ball. The Chiefs choose, the Bills choose the 10 yard line. Do the Chiefs say, okay, you can have the ball. We'll stop you from your own 10. Yeah. Or how, like, I like that because that puts yeah. it on the I feel like a lot of teams would just then be like 50 yard line and then it, in, they're indifferent to picking Why? their spot. Because, I mean, if, if you say, if you say we get the ball at the 50, then I'm going to say we get the ball every time. Right. So the Bills say the 50-yard line. Chiefs say, okay, we'll take the ball at the 50. Because then they, because you get it, you get the whole, like, at that point, you would get first downs and all that. Like, right. that's not a four-down thing. That's a, right. yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's something gonna, different like to than see that. how it actually, like, it, it, how it actually plays out in a playoff game. Like, what people are saying and, like, how we're what we're watching it and, and you know, interpreting it ourselves i guess but i don't know otherwise uh i've said this the more radical solutions i would love to see them test out in like the xfl now that it's partnering with the nfl sure like what if you did a kicking competition for the playoffs right for the overtime so you're each each kicker kicks 
five field goals from varying positions on the field. Right. Okay, 35, 45, 55, 65, and then like one with from 30 to 50 from either hash that the other team chooses. Like those five field goals, whoever makes more out of the five wins. I've seen that one proposed. I think that's like a radical decision because it also then puts emphasis on teams that you get kickers contracts go up. Teams put an emphasis on making sure they have an elite kicker and these sorts of things. Like I I like that sort of thing. I've seen some, I don't like the idea of like a punt pass and kick with your punter. I, I've seen that or like, um, saw some people say like, try it with the coaches. Like have the coaches do punt pass kick. And I was like, okay, that's pretty ridiculous. But honestly, th- with the new changes, you might I would rather see a radical change like that over these changes. Because just uh, yeah, because I'd rather both see something like ball, yeah, I think like what you said, like I don't know, just twenty yard twenty yard line, like twenty yard line, four downs. Um, if the offense if the offense scores, then you just you. Like if the offense scores, then you just flip. Yep. Okay. So like, okay. So offense scores, they get seven points. They get six points or whatever. They get six points. I don't know. I mean, don't even don't even need to kick the extra point. Okay. Yep. And then and then the the Bills would be on offense. They start at the twenty. They get four downs. They score a touchdown. And it just and the next so Chiefs get the ball at the twenty. They don't get they don't get the touchdown. So they kick a field goal. Okay, Bills get the ball. They get four downs. They score a touchdown. Bills win. Yeah, I so. think in that scenario with the four downs from the twenty yard line, they it was no field goals at all. Okay, I, I mean, mean I, would, I would I would I wouldn't mind like doing I guess doing the doing the field goal thing because then you're getting points on the board. It forces the next per the next team to have to if they can't do it, they get the field goal. And then if it's fourth down and seven, do they go for the win or do they go for the field goal? The, do another round i guess yeah so well i mean i guess that's why a lot of highly paid people came up with this i just uh i think this was a very boring simple cop out that they're not yeah, willing to try huge changes everyone because was saying everyone was saying if josh allen got the ball he'd score again you would have scored to match him but then like in this in this scenario right now it's like uh pat mahomes goes down scores a touchdown Josh Allen gets the ball, he scores a touchdown. Oh, Pat Mahomes just walks him down and gets a field goal. Yep, Pat if Mahomes. Josh Allen would have got the ball. It's going to be the same thing. If Josh Allen would have got the ball again, he would have scored. Exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. So I just, I, I think they needed to come up with something more varying. But yeah. I guess uh, overtime rarely happens in the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see these new rules for the next 10 years before they decide, oh, we either revert them back to the old ways or we do something drastic. Yeah, I don't like the new rules. I understood why they changed them, but we'll see what happens. Last topic, last segment, Viking stock. Anybody hasn't been paying attention? The Vikings are signing a lot of O-line depth guys. Yeah. A lot of guards, a lot of guard slash center, inside mainly guards. Yeah. Uh, a lot of inside offensive line, guys that uh, were mostly bench or rotational guys on their previous teams. Uh, starts, yeah. So like that, they they have started in their career outside of I think Austin Schlotman. Schlotman, just a depth guy. Uh, but Jesse Davis and newcomer today, Chris Reed. They're both guard, guard center, guard center. Chris Reed is a guard center, um, and then Schlotman's a guard Jesse, center. 
Yep, and then Jesse Davis has just played guard, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, they've, they're signing a lot of depth guys at that uh, at the guard position. I mean, that's what we said. We said we said if you get you know if you end up getting Treader, just have a hodgepodge of like competition at right guard. So yeah, and then if Ezra doesn't develop further, they also might yeah drop somebody. I mean, else. Ezra did Ezra did did fine. Um, if Ezra is surrounded by Treader and Darasa, I guarantee yeah. his numbers go up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did fine, but you're also comparing him to Udo and Dozier. And so Udo was last of all guards. Yeah, and it's weird because like he had some good games, and then he was yeah. rated worse than Dakota Dozier. The dude from the Dolphins apparently was Jesse Davis. Jesse yeah, Davis. He's, he's he's played guard. He plays guard tackle. Um, as a guard, he's like 40th out of 52. Yeah. And as a tackle, he's like 49th out of 50th. So. Yeah. All the Dolphins basically guard. said that. All the Dolphins were basically fans were saying we were sorry. Yeah. He's the Dakota Dozier of the Dolphins. Is yeah. What, is what I've seen. But. So I it do, should be interesting to see how he does. Yeah. <laughs> I think he is definitely not one of those guys that's competing for the starting job. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely a depth guy injury replacement guy but yeah. he's still um, healthy he's played like 77 of 82 games or something like that so i've mentioned i mentioned today all these signings to me mean they're gonna go db in round one yeah. or they're trading down i don't yeah. think i don't think uh if the one guy they want or two guys they want are not available at 12 i think they're trading down i think they're probably looking at stingley and sauce yeah. That's that's probably it. Um, I've heard the rumblings today is that Hamilton has – they didn't think Hamilton was going to be available, and now with Hamilton being available, they view Hamilton higher than Stingley. Yeah, I could so, see that. So now I would, ass- I would assume if Sauce and Hamilton are gone, they trade down. Sure, and then a lot of people have said um, – like if you think about it, Cameron Bynum was a corner. So like you could, if you do end up getting Hamilton, you have that safety. You can do a lot with Cam Bynum. I think so. Hamilton would also replace Harrison Smith. Event like I think sure. if we saw you sign Hamilton, Bynum Bynum and Hamilton end up being your future safeties. Sure. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Because Harry will just play out the rest of his contract, and they just won't even re-sign him. So if he wants sure. to continue, they will be like, nope, I mean, we got Hamilton. Hamilton is, he's a Swiss Army knife on defense. He'll play whatever you put on. And and that's what Harrison's done for us. So Yeah, I think that, I think them finding out that he potentially is available changed a lot of how their scouting went. They maybe they might surprise people, and if their number, if the number one linebacker is still available, which would surprise me considering I think he's potential top five talent. If he's still available, maybe they go after like a top linebacker. But I genuinely think it's Hamilton, Sauce, or trade down. Sure. I don't. I think Lindebaum must not like must not be impressing them, and then the other linemen they'd want are tackles, and they don't need tackles. Yep. Sorry, Vikings fans. <laughs> they might have to see a trade down in the first draft for Quasi. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them do. Um, I'd like to see them make a splash and go get a guy. Um, but 
if that guy's not there in the first, it's not. It's better to kind of get more talent as opposed to like settling. If you trade up for a non-quarterback, they have to hit. Yeah. That's the thing. So if you trade up for Sauce and Sauce ends up not transferring his game into the NFL. Yeah. Because in my opinion, both of the top two corners are guys that I think are going to have to get tackling training. They, they're guys that if their guy catches the ball, are they going to be able to stop him in the NFL? Right. That's my issue. Yeah. And, and, and getting more, so getting more trading back, getting more, um, getting more picks, allows you to move up in later rounds where there's less risk but you know there's also that that chance for a reward so the other speaking of cornerbacks for the vikings though they did sign chandon sullivan um as their new slot guy but they also re-signed patrick peterson and nick hairston yeah and nick hairston Hairston. so yeah i'm fine with all those um i don't think necessarily that um any of those guys are like hairston's i don't think hairston's gonna start but he's also a really good depth person like he's he he did well but not like obviously amazing and then uh chandon um is in the top half top quarter of slot corners that are out there that are available so he's um, an upgrade over mckenzie yeah by a mile by a mile um, i think mckenzie was better than his stats right. portrayed yeah, i do i, mean, I do think probably- mckenzie was um it's one of those like pro football focuses who everybody goes by McKenzie's pro football focus rating. Yeah. But I mean, he was, he's not a bad player. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, obviously like there was a difference between his last year with the Viking, like his last year before he was a Bengal, um, where he was like really, really good. And then his comeback season here. But um, yeah, we got like our cornerback room went from being like, Oh God, what are we going to do to, okay. Like we, we definitely need to draft a corner, but maybe two when, <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to draft a corner, but it just depends on when. So, so I, I mentioned this to you when we were talking, I think Patrick Peterson, I don't know. I didn't look at what his contract was, but I was totally it was fine right where we it. said it was going to be. It was like three to four and a half. Okay. Like that. So that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, I think you can get up to like five mil with, incentives and stuff yeah i like the incentive based on for all players because it, it forces them to yeah. not give up now that they got the peg yeah i think i think the base is three mil though um so. i do i i like patrick peterson especially as a player and uh as a person but i definitely was fine if they didn't bring him back yeah uh i i thought that there were just better options up there he was but... he was average right um, yeah. he was average i mean there's he's not he's not exceptional um, he was average, um, mm-hmm. and that could have been um, that could have been like covering for Xavier Woods a little bit. Like Xavier Woods didn't wasn't in the right spot. It makes him look bad. Um, Bashad Breland wasn't in the right spot, which he never was. Um, it probably looked bad, but I mean I don't know how P- PFF works, but he was average last year. Right. I think having him back. I think, I think Cam Dantzler's underrated, and I thought Patrick Peterson he, was he, overrated. I found a crazy, crazy fact. I know we don't use PFF, like try to use PFF, but according to PFF, Cam Dantzler was number one, the number one corner against the run last year. Yeah, that does not hearing and those he sorts like, of things doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I think like when you watch Cam Dantzler, he looks like a top two, like a corner that should be number one or two on a team. 
Yeah. He looks really good when he's on the yeah. field. Yeah. I understand I think- he's had plays that stand out for people. They're like, oh, he, he gave up that end of the game touchdown when he dove in. And that whole game, or that, that whole Detroit game, the Detroit game. I think so. Where it was charged to Woods, but everyone saw it was Todd Dancer. Right. Was, and that yeah. whole episode with the Viking sock, I had to explain to people Dancer followed exactly what he was supposed to do there. He had to get the, the shallow. He was the shallow. Yeah. Like, if the he, flat. if he defends yeah. over the top, it was the, the fact that Woods missed his assignment made Dancer have to correct and Dantzler was trying to do more than what he was asked to do yeah. because of the mistake Woods made. And yet everybody blamed yeah. Dantzler. Yeah. That's just a perfect example of fans reacting without knowing what's actually yeah, you going guys, on. You guys, everyone has to remember that Dantzler is like first all pro rookie team to, yeah. like yep. for corner. So third round pick. And last year, last year, I believe it's so his PFF against the pass was like 16th. Um, and then his run was first. So, like, if you're telling me, if you're going to use PFF and say that Patrick Peterson was average, sure. If you're going to say that Dakota Dozier was ass and o- Oli Udo was ass, then, like, Cameron Dancer's, like, 16th and that first. That means he's a starter on ha- – he's the corner one on half the teams in the NFL. Yeah, yeah he just, like – Which is exactly just, what I'm saying. He's a one he or two. Needs- yeah, he needs someone just he just needs people to believe in him. That's yeah, it. he needs to make sure he can trust the guys behind him, which he and Harry have a good relationship. Yeah. And he needs to make sure that he can just like play. Like Zimmer yeah. is not the type of coach he needs. Yeah. And I, I, I just genuinely think Cam's gonna show people like this is why I was number one all pro. Yeah. He just he's played he's so good. When you do just yeah. eye test, you don't. And even now, if you look at Pro Football Focus, they they like Cam Dancer. But if you watch yeah. just eye test and you pay that pay attention to just like if you watch an entire game's tape and watch just Cam Dancer, you're not gonna think he's a bad corner. Yeah, I, is he gonna make mistakes? Sure, but everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, I, mean, I watched Stefan Gilmore get burned yeah. by number twos last yeah. year. Yeah. So I mean, it, it happened. They're gonna make mistakes, but um, yeah, everybody yeah. has those days. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if, based on all these guard signings, I do think corner and and re-signing Patrick Peterson. I think they're gonna go for an early corner. I think and he's so not too, there just because, like, I think having Pat P, even Pat P, if Pat P is average, okay, say he's average, say Cam Dancer stays in the top quarter of corners. Yeah. Um, Pat P is the perfect person. Pat P has a great relationship with Harry. He's got that DB mentality along with Harry. He knows like how to see things in front of him. And I think if you're going to draft a corner, which you're going to draft a corner somewhere, he's the perfect vet to have. Absolutely. So that's, um, that's why I think he's back. And I hate to, like, I always harp on special teams. I think special teams are super important. Patrick Peterson has a ton of experience with special teams. And I think he's a great because our special teams coaching has been like since Prefer's gone, it really hasn't ever Ficken gotten back well. to that. Ficken did well last year, but Ficken left. Right. So. And I think Patrick yeah. Peterson's going to be able to help with special teams, and I think yeah. that's huge because our special teams coverage last year was rough. Yeah. I think a solution would be have Chaz Surratt learn Gunner. And have Patrick Peterson help some of these young guys with special teams, and you might be able to help cover, reduce that average punt return, sure. um, especially because you brought back I mean, the punter. Jordan Berry's, yeah, Jordan Berry's all right, 
Um, he's not he's not someone that's going to wow you. Um, he's probably better than Colquitt, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to better see Better than Jeff Locke. Yeah, way better than Jeff Locke. Yeah. Uh, when Jeff Locke gets hurt and our kicker at the time has a longer punt average than he does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'd like to see them get a punter because there's a couple good punters in this. Um, yeah, I would say there's, there's five guys that will eventually become potential starters in the NFL this year's draft. Yeah. There are two day one starters, punters, yeah. maybe three day one punter starters, sure. but yeah. that's because the number three guy can also play kickoff and that really helps you with starting. Yeah, I think um, what you said about special teams though, uh, Patrick Peterson was known to be a, like a punt returner. Yep. And in my opinion, we have one of the best, highest potential punt returners in the league. Yeah. Um, should have been should have been all all pro uh, special teams, but wasn't. Rob. Um, can I? Uh, can I? He didn't play enough. Yeah, but should have been two touchdowns. So yeah, I think and he can help. Uh, he can help maybe Kenne and um, you know the special teams from the like the receiving standpoint what like their assignments can be to get a lane open for uh, yeah Kenne. So that's that's a, that's the big thing why while I might not have been impressed with Patrick Peterson as a corner, I think what he brings overall as a person right. is. That is just that's the three million alone is good enough. There. It's like Sean Mannion, but not Sean Mannion. Like right. everyone's like, why did we sign Sean Mannion? It's like he's there to for his mind, not his play. Uh, yeah, well, and that's it. Just his mind, definitely yeah. not his play. <laughs> yeah. um, which the backup quarterback is its own thing because that's Josh McCown didn't wasn't a backup quarterback for twenty years because he was a, a brilliant player. Yeah. It was because of how well he was able to coach people, how well he was yeah. able to get the first. Because those are the, the backup quarterback is who goes up against the first team defense in practice. Right. That's right. who the backup quarterback is often who plays the who is supposed to play the playbook of the opposing team that you're going up against. Right. So the backup quarterback has to be able to adapt and change all the time. That's why sure. I hate the idea of rookie quarterbacks being backup because you're not helping your back your team your defense. Sure. Yeah. Which so I'm fine with bridge court. I love the idea of having guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota as your backups, yeah, and then having a rookie as your third string that you eventually want to take over. Yeah, I think I think with the way they with the way they framed Kirk's contract, they're going to possibly draft a young guy this year, probably late. Might put him on the practice squad, whatever, and then they'll draft a guy high next year, and it'll be a, a kind of like um, Kirk's last year. You'll have just this kind of plethora of young talent that's going to compete for the job afterwards by the <laughs> at least once per episode yeah. at least once. i've not I've, I've ticked it a couple times I think. <laughs> it always goes on my end it, super loud <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other things to say on the vikings or sports in general because i think that's really all we got today uh, Wild have won seven in a row. Yep. Uh, yep. Kirill Kaprizov is the best Wild player in Wild history. He's breaking every record possible. Um, and Cam Talbot and Mark Andre Fleury are might just be the best goalie duo in the league. Yeah, they don't even know. They're trying to decide who's going to start. Yeah, in the playoffs, the seven game series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Cam Talbot got after we signed Mark Andre Fleury. Cam Talbot won. Uh, player of the week so well right and that's what i texted our buddy i texted our buddy sam i was like this is 
Tal- Talbot, ever since he got Flurry, Talbot's non like constantly yeah. good. But then Mark Andre Flurry had to the shout out too, I think, or he played well. So well, yeah. I was listening to some former NHL players, and what apparently what makes Mark Andre Flurry amazing is he's one of the most athletic goalies there are. Sure. And so maybe you have Talbot start against a team that has you know like precision scores and those teams that are just super so like. Pittsburgh, you have Talbot start, but Colorado, you have Flurry start. Right, the, the super Colorado fast teams like that are. Just... Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are like bully us too, like bigger teams. Yeah. So like, yeah. Um, so the teams yeah, that overwhelm know. us with strength or speed, we're in a you good put Flurry. Spot. I mean, like we we traded for Mark Andre Flurry, sure, but we also traded for some like really good depth, like second, third line guys that are just like bigger and can like compete with all these other like brawlers that are just bigger than us. Yeah, so. apparently Delorier's first fight was just incredible. Yeah. And that he was getting I mean, like- there was, the, there was the one thing I saw where like their opposing player like slid into the goalie and he just grabbed the jersey and like pulled him out. Like he just like, <laughs> like move. The, yeah, whenever I think, I think of enforcers, when I, cause like I stopped, I, I'm not a huge hockey fan, um, but in Minnesota, you're going to hear about hockey. When I hear enforcer, I think Derek Bugard. Yeah. That's the first one I think of. But then the second one is uh, Pronger from the Ducks. Yeah, the Ducks. I remember, I can't remember his first name. I just remember Pronger as his last name. And every time they played the Wild, he either hurt somebody or whoever fought him lost. Got it. And I was just like, okay, this dude just is not stopping. I remember playing like NHL 2002 for PlayStation or something like that. And Pronger had like max hit power. I was like, okay, Uh, or max checking or whatever it was. I was like, yeah, this dude, this guy. I still remember that team because uh, Mario Lemieux was in that one. That was when I like actually enjoyed hockey because the Wild had Wes Walls, who was my favorite player at the time. And then, uh, yeah, and then Twins news, Joe Ryan is starting opening day. He should. Best yeah. pitcher in Twins history. So. <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. That's going to be, Joe Ryan's going to be best pitcher ever. Sure. Already. I'd rather have him over Johan Santana. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Liriano in his prime. Yeah, I'll take him. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take Joe, Joe Ryan. Have him last... close. He's what? better than Joe Nathan. I thought, than... you said, I thought you said not even in close. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. <laughs> Swing that hammer around. <laughs> anyway, that's all we got for you this week. Joe's back from Vegas. Welcome back. And, Sucks to be back. I'll be honest. Um, we've been streaming all the time. Feel free to check out the Twitch stream if you like video games. We have Twitter. Feel free to wa- follow us on Twitter. And uh, that's always in the description. Check out previous episodes check out previous clips check out our spotify if you hate looking at our faces and uh you all look great today gg